right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Black Thoughts. Please do remember that we changed our name from Black Thoughts yes, to yes. Two Black Thoughts. So when you search us up, use that name from now on. But today's topic is going to be a little more light, lighthearted, a little more fun. Um, hopefully, you'll get to know a little more about Angelique and I, uh, because we're talking about where we went to school. Angelique, we where did we go to school to at? We went to HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and or Universities. But where did you specifically go to yes. school? Okay, well, tell us where you went to school. I went to Morehouse College, home of the Maroon Tigers. Uh, we don't have a spectacular football team, but we, you know, we're super cool. And if you've ever been to Atlanta, Georgia, you should probably stop there first. Angelique, where did you go to school? I know you have a whole little intro for it. <laughs> Not a whole little <laughs> intro. It's a intro. It's called my Spelman College Introduction, Caleb, because I went to the number one HBCU, the illustrious Spelman uh, College. <sighs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm like doing the hand sign right now, but I wish no one can see me, so it's fine. I know you are. I can <laughs> see you doing it in my head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, we should have invited somebody from Howard uh, on this yes, episode. Yes. <laughs> but Angelique, tell us what um what are HBCUs even for? Like, where, where do they start? Why do yeah, we have them? So now? HBCUs, um, like the acronym suggests, are historically black colleges and universities that were designed. Most of them um, were founded in the 1800s, but were designed for uh, the specific opportunity for Black people to get higher education. So um, for Spelman, for example, we were founded in 1881 by two white women from the North. Um, I believe Morehouse has a similar history and timeline. And most HBCUs were founded by some white people who were like, Black people deserve education and higher education, no less. And so they created spaces specifically for Black education. So like, Black people would go there. Um, and in the context of Spelman, Black women specifically uh, went to get education. Yeah, that's a, that, that was perfect. That's exactly what HBCUs are for and what they've done. Uh, so tell us, like, why did you, so like, Walk mm -hmm. me through this, right? When you were applying to colleges, where did you first go? And what were you thinking about going? And why did you choose Spelman above all those other places? Yeah, there's like five questions in there. But um, we'll start with the first, right? So <laughs> when I was applying to college, I was in Fort Worth, Texas at the time in high school. And I had, I applied to 14 universities, colleges and universities. I was like, I'm not getting into college. I have to get away from Texas, so I've got to do something or else I'm going to drop out of school and, like, I don't know, have to become a, a stripper or something. That's, like, what I used to say because I was so worried about college. So I applied to 14, and out of all 14, I only applied to one HBCU, Spelman. The rest of them were yeah, crazy, crazy, right? <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, and the rest were PWIs or primarily white institutions. Um, and so I had – I actually had – ironically Georgetown on my list where I'm at now um but Spelman was the only HBCU and it was the only school that did not also have it was not a university so it was just a college they didn't have a graduate level program um it was just the college um and so when it came to deciding where to go there were several factors but ultimately I decided to go to Spelman for three main reasons um, that we'll get into in a second, but um, mm -hmm. before I get into that, do you want to talk about like how you came to apply to Morehouse? 
yeah, sure. Actually, I, that's that's a good that's a good point. It's 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 really funny though because my dad actually went to an oh, HBCU, which one? but I didn't know that when I was applying to colleges. Uh, Elizabeth okay. City State, one of the smaller ones, but he went to an HBCU, and I didn't I didn't know that when I was applying to college. I didn't actually, quite frankly, I didn't know anything. I just knew I had to go because I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything else. Um, I applied to five five or six schools. I originally I I also only applied to one HBCU that I didn't even want to go into, go to. Uh, Morehouse was kind of like my mm. safe school, yeah, so to speak. Um, I wanted to go to UNC Chapel okay. Hill. Um, I really wanted to just go to school anywhere in North Carolina. Wow. <laughs> um, I didn't get into that school, and I didn't get into Duke. I got into Mercer and a small school in Texas, but my parents didn't want to mm. send me that far. So it was between Mercer and Morehouse College. Um, I was just really impressed with Morehouse's tour. They offered me a bit of a bag, so... You know, four years later, here we, here we are. are. Here we are. It's actually <laughs> interesting that your dad went to an HBC. So my stepdad went to Morehouse, and that was what? Yeah, he did. He did. He <laughs> loves to remind people too. So <laughs> shout out to Poppy. For <laughs> yes, he being, does. He is truly though the reason that I applied to Spelman because originally I I was thinking all of the stereotypical things that people think about when they think about HBCUs. So I was like. They're not stereotypes. I, no, I mean, <laughs> they are. Fun. The ones that I was thinking of stereotypes, which was they're not diverse spaces, you know, oh, okay. it's only black people, so it's not diverse. Oh, no. Um, I was thinking things like, you know, it's, it's an all-girls school, and so those, between the diversity thing and the all-girls school, like, I need to be in an environment where there's different types of people because I'm, you know, at the time, I thought I was going to go into international something or other, and so I was like, I'm going to be in very diverse spaces, and I can't get accustomed to only being around people like me. And so I was thinking all of those things, and I was like, oh, I, don't, I shouldn't go to an HBCU, da-da-da-da-da. And he was like, apply to Spelman. And so that's how it ended up on my list. And kind of like you, I did not really want to go. Like, it was I, – I used to say it was, like, third on my list, but really it was only that high because he was so adamant about me going to Spelman specifically. And, you know, we all – to this day, I give him full props for me attending Spelman and um, making that choice to change the world. Hey, doing the hand again. <laughs> a choice to change the world, the world our unofficial <laughs> mantra. It's cool. Um, but so, yeah. So it's funny, too, because you mentioned how your parents didn't want you to go that far away. I actually didn't apply to any in-state schools. Like, I was not trying to be close to my family. <laughs> and Spelman was, out of all of my you, schools, probably uh, one of the farthest ones. So I got, I got to check that off my box for sure. <laughs> so like when you were and so what so you you toured Spelman if yeah. I'm not mistaken right you like you went there you saw the canvas you what sold you like what was the thing you were like yeah that's it I don't want to do nothing else like this is the place I have yeah. to be so like I was saying there's three main reasons and they all actually happened at that admitted students weekend or spellbound as we call it at Spelman um yes <laughs> I'm gonna be throwing in a lot of like Spelman stuff guys because go to the best school in the world period so t- actually, tell us what Spellbound is. Tell us what an admitted students weekend. Give us a little picture of that, yeah. uh, that so experience. Yeah, so I think what's important to know about HBCUs is they functionally are the same as any other P- PWI. They just do things a little bit different. So like every college and university has an admitted students weekend where students come to campus and they tour the school and they might sit in on a class. They talk to professors and they talk to admissions people, all of that good stuff. Every school does that. But for Spellman, we call it Spellbound, right? Our Admitted Student Weekend is Spellbound. And we do it just a little bit different because we're an HBCU, right? So 
Um, I went on the weekend. I got admitted into the honors program. So I actually came in a day earlier than the rest of the admitted students. I came in with the small, I think about 30 student cohort um, of honor students. And so we had like a sit down banquet dinner. That was actually where I met you. Uh, do you remember that? I yes, met you with that. Caleb, I was, was almost I there? Your no, I had admitted to. No, 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 no. You're, yeah, you're talking about the oh. honors banquet. I thought you were talking about the admitted students weekend. Yes, I remember the honors banquet. That was so cool. Yes, yes. that's where I met yes. you. Da 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 da. da all that. But good stuff. so we, <laughs> had, we had a we had a, something similar to that um, at, during admitted students weekend, but it was just like the the student cohort. Um, and so we also have things like they put on special events. So I was a, a in a and part of the student ambassador program. I later realized when I was a part of it put on all of the events where we had sororities come and they would like stroll and, you know, give presentations, um, different clubs and organizations. We would have an RSO or a student uh, organization fair. Um, we could sit in on classes and stuff like that. And it was just the overall feeling was something that I will never forget because there was one point where I was like walking around campus and uh, I was in Lower Manly which is a, a student center basically at on Spelman's campus. And I like looked around and I just never felt more at home. And so that was one of the three reasons, like that feeling of being at home, that feeling that I like could be um, in a space where I didn't have to explain who I was as a person to just be in existence. Mm. Right. And that just was something that I had constantly lived with because K through 12, I was in pr- primarily white spaces, but that sense of being at home, I had never felt. And um, in addition to that, like I said, Spelman's an all-women's institution, and I have four sisters. So, like, I was good on the sisterhood. I was like, I don't need the sisterhood. I'm I'm cool. I got sisters. But one of our close friends, Lila, I actually met her during Spellbound, and we bonded over softball and my weird arm thing. And she's, like, now one of my, like, lifelong friends. And so um, I think realizing that there's a chosen sisterhood at Spellman is the second thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. That's like the second reason that I was like, Oh, this is like the place for me because you're born with your siblings, but to choose a life where you connect, you're connected with sisters is, is something completely different. And then um, the third reason, which we'll probably get into more later, is just like the overall, the opportunities that HBCUs afford you. Um, I felt like I was going to be, much more in a better position once I had a sense of self-centeredness within myself to go out and do whatever career versus trying to fit in the spaces where I was already struggling to fit in. Mm. Yeah. That's so great. I'm glad <laughs> you mean, found I'm Spelman. glad I found it too. I mean, I, I don't... Like, I, I, like, I just always, always get this feeling that you would be kind of like the same person you were no matter where you went, but you're so much more of you, the person you are now because of the school you went to and it it shows it shows and it's absolutely fantastic so so going back into this like this 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 the specialty of the culture i guess what what would you say is like your your favorite memory from spelman college like the number one thing we were like yeah that was fantastic this was so cool i love that day so much um that's like really hard to answer i don't think I don't think I can pick just this one instance. I, I will, I'll say this. There were two moments where I had this overwhelming sensation where I almost cried. One of them was actually at Spellbound. So we were sitting in Sisters Chapel, um, which is like our church on campus. And it's where a lot of like big events will be held. Um, 
and uh, Dean Baxter, who's a dean at the college, was talking about the admitted students class. She was talking about different things. And we had all of these speakers. And uh, even before the speakers happened, like in between speakers and before and after speakers, the DJ would like play music. And I got just super overwhelmed because I was like having fun. I was enjoying myself. But then I was also like inspired by what the speakers were saying. And I, I felt like, you know, I quoted a choice to change the world. I felt like in that moment, I was in the place that I was going to be able to make some monumental change within my life, within the world. And so it, it really just kind of made me well up and get really emotional because I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, the only place that I could ever be. Like, I could not be happier by being in this space, in this moment, in this time. Um, and I think that was like a really, a really big memory that sticks out in my mind. And then I'll probably say like right there tied with it was actually one night when all of us as a friend group were on top of the parking garage, just hanging out, playing games. And uh, we were all cold. I used to hate going right. to that parking garage. Yes, we were <laughs> like, freezing. I don't think any of us enjoyed <laughs> it, right? Like we were all like, it's cold out here. It's dark. But the fact that we just wanted to. Okay. So this. Yeah. Perfect time for a story. So as if, if you guys don't know. It is only at HBCUs. No other school do they not allow you to like yeah. have people in your after a certain and time. our schools are extremely unique. Be- yeah. After a certain time, right? And and, it's, and our schools are extremely unique in the sense that they're all male and all female. So like, there's always this this idea that you know there you shouldn't have someone of the opposite sex within within your you know your private areas where you sleep. This down the third. So whenever we would hang out. Like, we couldn't go back to the dorms and hang out because, you know, nobody was allowed in the dorms until after, for Morehouse, it wasn't until after homecoming, which is, like, yeah. October. And depending on if we were, we, we weren't behaving, obviously. People snuck girls in. You know, we <laughs> broke stuff. So they kept pushing the date back. Um, Spelman, I think, when, when did you guys, like, first get visitation? Yeah, it was we like got mid, usually about like, the, around like, the same time as you all. Like, maybe a couple weeks before. So, you know, mid-September-ish. Because we had it always after the first dorm meeting. Right. Right. Yes. Those dorm meetings suck. I hate going to those. Um, but yeah, so we couldn't have people in our dorms and our campuses aren't huge or, you know, have a, a ridiculous amount of resources. So there weren't a lot of places that we could go late at night yeah. to hang out. So what our friends used to do is we would go to the parking yeah. garage yeah. <laughs> and we would go to the top of the deck and we would be up there all, all night. night. Like playing spades, talking, listening to music, just doing whatever we wanted to do. And it started getting cold, obviously, because winter months are cold. And we would just bring blankets and we would yep. still hang out there because we didn't have yep. anywhere else to go. It was <laughs> I used to hate doing that, but you had we had no other option. Like that was all yeah. we could do to see our friends. Otherwise it was nighttime. Yeah. That was it. And I hope to God my mom doesn't oh, get to podcast because she does not know I was out all hours of the night, but <laughs> love you, mom. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to send it to her now. Um, But anywho. (laughs) I was not out on the parking deck late at night with them. I went to bed and and stayed in my room. Angelique, I quite literally literally have pictures. Like, (laughs) we have pictures. (laughs) But so what is, so we've talked a lot about HBCU so far, but what, what what's the other part of the spectrum? A PWI. Yeah, if you um, PWI is primarily white institutions. Literally every other college and university. Um, it's it's places like <laughs> Georgetown where I'm at currently. It's all of the Ivy League. It's you know most state schools where they are primarily white. You know there might be some large percentage of minorities that make up half 
of the like total population, but um, their percentage of black students specifically will always be in like the less than 10%. Do you, so wait, have you, so you're out of PWI yeah. now, like um, give me, give me, give, give us, give me, give me some insight as to like, what's the difference between the HBCU you, you just came from and the school you're at now? I mean, I think the biggest difference is culture. Like there's a lot of positive and negatives of both in terms of HBCUs, HBCUs don't have as many resources as these big schools. Like a lot of PWIs are big schools. Um, but I would say PWIs don't have nearly the same type of culture, right? HBCU culture is unique. And anyone who's attended Howard, Xavier, Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, like the list goes on and on. But anyone who's attended any HBCU can tell you that whether it's homecoming, whether it's probates, whether it's, uh, you know, the cool black celebrities that will pull up on campus randomly, like the whole feel oh, is yes. just different. Love seeing celebrities. Yeah. So do, would you ever, so let me, this, this is, this is like just a random question. Would you ever send your kids to a PWI? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to force them to go to one or the other. I always say this. I think HBCUs are for specific people who need specific things, um, mm. like in terms of the black community. I was the kind of person I needed to be at an HBCU. Um, everyone, like, like you said it at the top and everyone notices it. The difference between how I carry myself now and how I carried myself prior to entering college. Like, everyone grows during college. Everyone changes during their time at college. But the kind of growth and the kind of learning that I had while I was there was something very unique to an HBCU. But when I think about people like, you know, one of our close friends, her little sister, she's very woke. You know, she's like, she's read all of the, all of the things that you could think of that are very, like, forward-thinking and radical-thinking. Um, now, she still ended up at an HBCU. She ended up at Howard. But at the same time, I could very easily see her at a, a PWI and she would be fine. Like, she wouldn't need that same kind of learning and, and love that I needed to develop into myself because she already had that basis. Mm. My parents, like, gave me that and love. Adel- but, yeah, oh, I was going to say, like, my parents gave me that love. Like, I knew I was Black and all that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't have that same centeredness in my Blackness that I have from going to an HBCU. And to give a little context around that last question, there are a lot of people like myself who have parents who went to HBCUs. Um, there, I can think of multiple people at Morehouse College whose whose dads, whose grandfathers, whose uncles, all of them went to Morehouse yeah. College. And Morehouse is a little unique in the sense that it's not only a college, but it's also a type of fraternity. But most people who go to HBCUs often encourage their children to also do that. Not only because it's like a cool bonding point, but they know that there is a specific type of value there that you really you really can't yeah. find anywhere else and it's but that, so, so cool. has your opinion so changed cool. on that so we, i remember you saying you would not send your son to morehouse oh no i would definitely not send my son to morehouse my opinion oh, wow. hasn't changed. So why is that um and that's 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 part of it has to do with my larger belief around what hbcu should be doing in terms of the individual but also part of it is like i got beef with morehouse <laughs> So, so like my like the larger the larger answer I guess is that I believe that when you go to an HBCU, you should bring that knowledge back to your community. You should be bringing that back to your family, the people that are closest to you, right? People should feel that as if that, you know, I don't need to go be around black people because I know black people. I know what our culture is like. I know some of the great black scholars, some of the great black minds. I don't need to like necessarily go pay for that pay for that information myself. You know, like as you you kind of already alluded to, there are people who 
are perfectly fine with going to PWIs because of their strong their strong faith in their character and the type of person they are. So I feel like if you go to an HBCU, that knowledge should kind of rub off on your kids and they should feel the need to yeah. go to one per se and they mm-hmm. shouldn't have to go to one. But also Morehouse itself is just it's a very unique environment. It is a very, very unique environment. And you have to have a, I don't want to say a type of character to go through with it, but to, you have to have a type of character mm-hmm. to finish there. Like it is, it's like, I don't want to say it's like four years of hazing because I do think that's kind of harsh, but there is a constant grit and grind to the type of education you're going to get there. And if you oh, aren't prepared Caleb, for that, if you aren't serious about Caleb, your vacation. kind of cutting out. You want to repeat that? So, oh Yeah. Um, I was just saying, like, if you aren't serious about your education, if you aren't used to that grit and grind, if you don't want it that badly, you don't need to go to Morehouse College. They, 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 there are a lot of, and this actually, this is a good segue into some of, I don't want to say some of the problems, but we've kind of been bragging on our yeah. HBCUs. But what are the some, what are some of the things, what are the harms that come with going to these types of spaces or being involved in these types of institutions? Yeah, I mean, I think like we've kind of hinted at it already in terms of resources, like HBCUs are so small and they're so dependent on. There ain't no money. <laughs> they broke. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Just say but, it. I mean, Spelman's kind of unique. Cause, you know, we, we not struggling nearly as much as some of y'all are, but. Uh, <laughs> no, please. Spelman got a bag. Don't play. Don't I mean, play. We, we, we not, we not doing what like big universities are doing, but we're not quite in the same financial struggle as like say Morehouse is. Like we're a little different. No. But but I will say that I can still like now being at Georgetown, just seeing the resource difference is is insane. And it's like it, <sighs> it bleeds into the how the faculty is even. Like I remember it was, yes! it was like a unicorn to have a professor that was really invested in me and making sure I'm okay and making sure I'm doing well. HBCUs have this thing where they feel like they need to be hard on you because the rest of the world is going to be hard on you and the rest of you, the world's going to beat up on you. Yes! And it's like, you're, you're if you get a professor that's not like that, they are a unicorn. They're like totally and completely atypical in the HBCU. Whereas now at Georgetown, my professor like, oh, y'all need extensions? Like, yes, we're in a pandemic. Like, relax. Like, or not relax, but you know, take care of yourself. Make sure you're eating. Like it's, it's cool. so, it's so different. <laughs> Your mental health is yeah, important. It's, it's <laughs> a very different. Oh yeah. my god, I used to, like, I used to, I used to think that you know, like PWIs, like, just always had their stuff together, and it's kind of true. I had, I, I don't want to say I had the privilege. I so my money kind of got messed up my junior year in my attendance at Morehouse, so I had to go somewhere else for a little while until I got that money straightened out. Um, because HBCUs can be expensive to attend, particularly the two yeah. that we went to. Um, but I was so, and I hated, I hated um, the PWI I went to. I didn't, it was a miserable year, but there were a lot of resources and things were smooth. Um, you can ask anybody who went to an HBCU. That financial aid office is going to give you, you run around and they're going to act like they don't know who, who, who you are. They are. They're going to give you the runaround and they're going to pretend like you don't belong at that school or like you didn't get accepted. <laughs> when I tell you I can call I, can, I could have called that school's financial aid office at any time and spoken with anybody within five minutes and gotten my problem straightened out. Mm. It was fantastic. My advisor, literally, he gave me his phone number. He said, here's my email and here are my office hours. If you ever need anything, just yeah. let me know. And this isn't to like talk down on HBCUs um, because a lot of times the, the faculty at these schools just have to go through, they have to do more yeah. with less, but there is a certain level, there is a, a level of detail 
I would say that is appreciated. It, it definitely um, ties back to the financial, like the the burden that the financial constraints puts on staff and puts on faculty. It, that's what really shows because when you don't have to worry about money, you can you can uh, you can be on call twenty four seven. You can be this and you can be that. They have more staff, more faculty, so you're not teaching five and six classes. You know, it's it's it really is completely tied to to that whole aspect. For sure, who. Who is your favorite professor and your least favorite professor at Morehouse or at Spelman College? I'm cackling that you said Morehouse. I did take a lot of classes at Morehouse, so um, you can do cross registration. Specifically, so we haven't mentioned this. Spelman and Morehouse are a part of what's called the AUC, the Atlanta University Consortium. Oh, all the Clark folks about to get mad at us. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned Clark earlier, but like, <laughs> basically, there's there's a bunch of HBCUs in the Atlanta area. There's us two. There's Clark. There's Morris Brown. Um, and so we're all kind of in this uh, little the ITC. Yes. Uh, I think that's yeah. all. And we're all kind of in this cluster. And then we're also surrounded by other PWIs. So Agnes Scott is nearby. Georgia State is nearby. Georgia Tech is nearby. Um, so there's just like a bunch of colleges and universities in the area, and uh, you can cross register at other colleges and take classes at other co- colleges and universities. So, um, but my favorite per- professor, um, hands down, like I, it hands down is Dr. Kim. Dr. Mason Kim is an international studies professor um, at Spelman College, and he's basically the person who more or less put me on the path for what I wanted to do. Um, he encouraged my interest in foreign languages. Um, he was my thesis advisor. He was my regular, he wasn't actually technically my advisor, but he became my unofficial advisor. Um, he was just mm. a great all around <laughs> no about that. And I was like really, really sad actually that he was going to be on sabbatical for my senior year and he wasn't going to actually get to see us walk. But then the pandemic happened, so we didn't even walk. But <laughs> it, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> but at the time, I was, like, really hurt because I was like, dang, you know. And our actually, so I was an international studies major. And me and another student um, who ended up being our salutatorian of our class, we took, like, all of our classes with him. And, and me and her, like, were like, yes, Dr. Kim, he's, like, our guy, our dude. Um, but, yeah, he was definitely my favorite professor. I don't think I really have a standout least favorite professor uh, I had professors that I just didn't uh. really care about. Like I had to take intro to environmental science and I can't even tell you what that professor's name was, but it wasn't because you're, you're too nice. Too nice. <laughs> I'm not too nice. I mean, I really didn't have bad professors really. Like if I had a professor I wasn't wild about, I hmm. dropped the class or found something else to do. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. You did that. You did that. I, Hmm. I guess that Do makes you have, sense. Like, yeah. Professors you can uh, list as like professors you hate. Oh, I have a list, and <laughs> let me not say I have professors I hate, but I have professors that like if I ever see them again, I'm like, listen, bro, you put me through the ringer for like four years, and I'm not too happy to see you, but I hope you're doing well. <laughs> like there, and again, more. Uh, you you talked about it earlier, but a lot of HBCUs have this culture where professors or faculty have this idea that the world is a very harsh place, particularly the black students. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong in any sort of way. But a lot of them just grew up in a very different era than us. I think about, um, this is a guy, I don't have beef with him. He's a super cool guy, but he, oh, he used to drive me crazy. Um, Dr. Daniel Cook, one of, he 
almost went to Morehouse. He got kicked out. He ended up going somewhere else to attend school. Um, I think he went to UNC. Uh, was one of the first people to ever integrate um, Duke's oh, wow. Medical School. And if you go there and talk to anybody there, they'll tell you he is a legend in physiology. He has made so many doctors and so many, like, just so many exceptional people have come back and spoken to us and it's glad to say that this man is who's made my career that you can't help but be in awe of some of the work that he has done for the black community and specifically for mm. Morehouse College. So I want to give him his credit. But when we're in a classroom and I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to learn about the endocrine system, the, que- the, like, the answers he would give me sometimes, I'd be like, Dr. Cook, what does this, this, and this mean? He would be like, well, I can tell you what this means and I can answer your question directly. And, I'm, and I'd be like, yeah answer the question but he'd be like but that's like that's like giving you a fish when in actuality you need to learn to fish for yourself and i'm like what are you telling me like just give me the answer you're you're the well of knowledge like just stop giving me this runaround and there are a number of professors at morehouse college who will i don't want to say they they give good students the runaround but they make learning Mm. hard and they make you not want to do it and it makes it taxing and tiring especially when you already have another life going on and you already have other things that are set against Mm. you essentially Um, that's interesting so do you think hbcus academics overall are different than if you were to go to to a pwi like do you think do you think the stuff that you're learning not just the professors but like the stuff that you're learning how do you think the academics hold up no for sure no for sure and i'll give you a very i'll give you a very um a very good example uh so there are, there are two doctors, um, Clark and Clark. Uh, let me make sure I have her name. They're very famous for the Clark and Clark doll study. Uh, what are their names? Um, but essentially, they did the study on uh, in psychology, I believe. Um, essentially, on what does what is like appearance essentially have on like what type of what type of effects does appearance have on small black children in terms of like their psyche, they're growing up, this, that, and their Kenneth and Mammy, that's their name. Kenneth and, Kenneth and Mammy um, um, Clark, that's their names. And I've, I've, I'd seen their study multiple times um, throughout undergrad. And I saw it at a PWI, like very, very briefly. And it was cool. I was like, well, it's a dope study. And then we kept it moving. Like literally, I think um, my animal behavior professor talked about them for like three minutes. I came back and took a psychology course at Morehouse College. And he literally spent a day on them. Like, and these are two black scientists and what he, and like, there was a level of detail and attention that he gave to the significance of their study and what it meant. And I learned, I just learned so much more about that study through a, through a black mm-hmm. lens, essentially. Like, and I'm not, and I don't want to sit here and say that PWIs can't provide you with a good education, but I, the education they provide to you is from a very radically different mm-hmm. lens. Um, I'll, I can think of the, I'll, an environmental, environmental science class I took at a PWI. Right. Again, it was a good course, good professor, had a lot of fun. But when I came back and again took similar courses at Morehouse College, we didn't just talk about how the environment, how the ways that humans potentially ruin the environment and ways that we take care of it. But we talked about how sometimes that can disproportionately affect black people. Right. About environmental racism, essentially, and how those types of things like Morehouse College has provided a unique lens on the same type of information. And that I'm very appreciative Mm. of. So let me ask you this. Uh. Considering the financial troubles, the, the, the struggles with professors, and also the positives of the culture and even the Black lens that is provided to the academics, if you had to do it all over again with all of those good and bad, positive and negative aspects, would you attend Morehouse College? That's such a loaded question, and I don't know. I, I, I really, that's, that's a question 
that honestly keeps me up at wow. night sometimes. Um, like when I just think about the mo- the amount of money I sang into my education and what I could have potentially gotten at another institution. Um, like, like so for like, and then again, I know way I don't regret going to Morehouse College. Like it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. But when I was applying to college, I didn't know a lot about yeah. going to college. I didn't know about the application process. I didn't know there were tests you had to take. I didn't know that people normally went and saw these mm. places. So I don't want to say it was lackluster, but I wish that I'd probably searched a little harder in finding resources to help me apply. Informed, but also and, uh, in a more informed decision. A more informed decision. Mm. Exactly. And I probably, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I probably would have made the same decision. Um, I was very impressed with my tour at Morehouse College, and I very much enjoyed um, enjoyed the summer I got to spend there before and the time I got to spend there afterwards. But I would have – I am curious as to what education might look like mm. in other places. Interesting. What about you? Do you uh, – do you, if you had it, you know, had it to do all over again, do you think you would pick Spelman Absolutely. College again? Absolutely, without a second of hesitation. I think um, – you know, I was I was blessed to get a scholarship while I attended Spelman. So a lot of the financial troubles that like make it difficult to attend an HBCU, I didn't have to deal with as much, and that that yeah. definitely like took one concern off the plate. You know, and then when it came to academics, I just don't like. Yes, as you said, PWIs can give you that kind of lens. I just don't see ever having the kind of academic growth that I had at any other institution. I'm sure I would have learned, like, I would have probably learned how to better write a research paper than I do know how to now. Like, I know how to do one, but I definitely <laughs> had to self-teach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, like, I definitely had to self-teach a lot of those aspects. But at the same time, I yes. don't think that there's one PWI that would have given me a class like ADW. Like, ADW is African diaspora in the world at Spelman. And, yes, there's African studies classes, there's African studies majors at PWIs, PWIs but that course is taught different. And I actually had one of the co-authors of the book teach me in that class. And you just can't get that kind of re reimagining of your education anywhere else. Um, and so, Bro. yeah, there's like no question <laughs> in my mind. I would definitely attend Spelman if I could do it all over again. And I would get my graduation. Shoot. Yo, you want to hear something funny? <laughs> Did I tell you I got a D in African American studies at the PWI with you? What? No, you never said that. <laughs> Caleb, how did you do that? I got a D in this court. Bro, this man was okay, first off, I don't want to call this man a coon, mm. but he was a coon. <laughs> when I tell you this class, like I-, I took the class with the intentions of just like I just needed some time, some time off. Cause I was like mentally gassed and I was just like, you know, this would be a cool class to see some other black kids in. It'll probably be an easy A. I'm not worried about it, right? And I took the course, and I knew everything. Like, I, I knew everything. There was, like, there was no question of if I was going to, like, pass the final, pass the midterm, all these different types of things. However, <laughs> the professor who was giving this class administered these things called, like, they were like, um, they were like little quizzes, right? And at the beginning of the semester, you know, he explained, he explained to us, he was like, these were essentially, like, your homework, right? You're going to have, like, one or two to every week. Um, this time third, just do them. And again, at this point, this is like a really rough point in my life. And I just like was not invested in this class as mm. much as I should have been because it was a class. And like people, I don't think people understood what it should have been versus what it turned mm. out to be. And so, you know, obviously, I just didn't do my homework sometimes because I didn't feel like it. Like, just keep it a buck with you. I didn't feel like doing my homework. And 
and I, I didn't care either because I got I got like 105 on the midterm, 102 on the final. I set the curve for mm. both of those tests. And I set it very steeply. Like it was, I was two letters of grade, two letter grades ahead of like other people sometimes. And so, you know, I'm like, there's no way I can fail this class. And I get my little, you know, report card thing back and it's like D plus. And so I called this man, I called his phone. Mm. And I was like, I was like, listen, doctor, you know, actually he wasn't even a doctor yet. It was professor. He was still defending his dissertation or whatever. I was like, listen, you can't give me a D. I went to Morales College. I knew things. I set the curve on your test. And he's like, yeah, but like those homework things were actually real quizzes and they were worth like 60% of my grade. And it was really stupid because I sat there and explained the math to him. I was like, every quiz I took is worth more than me taking the final and the midterm, meaning I could have gotten zeros on them. And if I had done all the homework, I was going to pass the class, which is what some kids do. Like I was really, and I told him that I was like, your your evaluation of your grades is wrong. Like you, you misvalued the work I've done in this class. And I did, I did good work. Like I did really good work in that class. I contributed to discussions. I wrote some really good essays. I had some killer projects. Like I taught, I was teaching him things. And he's like, yeah, Mr. Holly, you know, I, I get it, but maybe you can just retake it over the summer and, you know, we can work this out. And I'm like, no, this doesn't work out. I'm like, give me my A or I'm like, I just, you know, I just left it because the class didn't matter. The credit didn't transfer back to Morehouse when, um, when I did come back, but I didn't need it. It was just, it was literally just a class I was taking, but I was really disappointed in how wow. it shaped out because people shouldn't teach African studies at PWIs. You don't <laughs> think that PWI should have an African studies class? I'm very uh, hesitant to say. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they but should. How are people supposed to learn about it? Only go to HBCUs. Go to maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's just it's and that's. I know that's like a really underdeveloped thought and probably something I have to think through <laughs> a little more. But I know if I took that course at more, like in literally some of my biology courses I was taking at Morehouse were better tuned towards african-american history or african-american studies than that singular african-american studies class mm. i took there so you're you're basically saying it better was very to be nothing at all than to be harmful or like not good with the information that you're educating people on yes because yes he had some black kids leaving that class thinking they learned mm. something like that they were you know like and i don't want to discredit I don't want to discredit any of those students because there were people who worked hard in that class and there, he did, he did his best. He was like a, I think a second year or second semester professor. So he was still a little new to the game, but it, 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 there was this idea that progress had been made and I was just sitting there thinking like, no, this isn't progress. We're playing games right now. Mm. (laughs) We are, we're playing, we're playing games. We're wasting our time for 90 minutes every other day. So, so would you say that's kind of what makes HBCU special? Uh, that ability to get that, Say that higher one level of, of tuned inness, so to speak. Like, if you were describing why someone should go to an HBCU, what would you say? What would you say makes them special places? It's two things, right? One, the lens that you kind of teach the curriculum, which I think we've, you know, we've kind of talked about at length, but also the intent behind teaching that curriculum. Um, Mm. I'm not sure if it's something that's cited in critical. Is it in? I think it's critical race theory that kind of discusses this a little bit. But it's important to have black people who have been through these things teach these things to other black people, right? Like I can't tell you. Um, one of my favorite professors at Morehouse College, uh, Dr. J.K. Haynes, a legend. Not not a legend. No, a legend in terms of Morehouse College and some of the work <laughs> he's done in research for sickle cell disease. Right? Somebody I look up to a lot, and somebody mm-hmm. I did my senior project with. 
And mm. it, it was it was just so cool because when we sit down and talk about my project, not only would we, you know, have these cool like intellectual conversations about, you know, how DNA is formed, what that means and how hemoglobin affects the body. But we'd also talk about what this meant for the black community. Right. What did some of the research he did? How did that make strides? What did that mean in terms of helping real people? Right. There is a level of like when he was teaching me these things and talking me through my project, it wasn't just him talking about the, the, you know, the area of expertise he's done his research or something that he majored in. It was him talking about his life and letting me know the importance yeah. of his work to other people's life. And that's that's yeah. significant. It helps me. It helped me mature a lot and decide that the work, whatever work I go into, whatever I do with, the, you know, with the rest of my life, it's going to affect people and it's going to be important. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely important. But it's super, super great. Uh, yeah, shout out to J.K. Haynes. He's super cool, super cool. <laughs> oh, my. Morehouse has some great professors. Like, they have some, like, like, when I tell you, like, some of these guys are just, like, stupid smart, like, they're, like, dumb smart. Like, um. Stupid smart. <laughs> dumb smart. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I can't even, like, and they're just so humble about it. They would never tell you these things. Um, like. Brian Lawrence, a Cambridge teacher that I love to death. Probably, actually, he might be my favorite professor that I had going to Morris College. I think, I'm not sure if this record still holds up, but I think he's the only black person to graduate from Harvard's chemistry PhD program. Like he told us that, you know, mm -hmm. our freshman year, he was trying to scare us into doing our work. But I think we were all more like in awe. I'm like, wow, you did that. Like you're black history. You're standing in front of me and now you're teaching me black history. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just you can't get that anywhere else. You can only get that at an HBCU. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like one of my biggest regrets is that I wasn't able to take a course with like Beverly Guy Chef Hall before she left Spelman or like um, you know, we had so many great like change makers at Spelman who were professors that I wasn't able to take a class mm. with that I like looking back I'm like if I could have done it all over again I would have made sure that I could have taken some classes with some of those people um especially knowing that I was there at the same time as them right like yeah. all I had to do was find a way to take the class but I was like super invested in making sure I had all my credits and I was not trying to veer from my path at all so I, I, I kind of neglected to do that you didn't sit in on classes like ever but no not no no I didn't like I considered auditing a couple of classes at one point but um my path was just a little weird simply because of I was trying to create my own major and so I was doing a lot that's why I ended up taking classes so... at Morehouse so much because oh Bowman didn't have a Chinese major guys when I tell you sometimes I'd be walking out of I'd be walking out of um French class and I see Angelique there and she's when I tell you she was always on our yeah, campus she yeah. was always on our campus taking some sort of class okay. <laughs> It was super weird. I was like, do you because even go Morehouse to Spelman? Is... <laughs> uh, I did. That's just so crazy. Like, I took almost all of my classes at Spelman, except for, like, the classes that I was trying to get to justify a Chinese major, because Morehouse is one of the few HBCUs that actually has a Chinese major, like a Chinese major program. And so after I passed, like, I, I actually tested out of the levels at Spelman. So, like, they only had, like, first and second years worth of Chinese because the program is so small at Spelman mm. and basically like you go up with your class so once the second year students 
moved up, then a class was created for like third level. But I tested into the third level of what would be Spellman's program. Oh. So I was like, there's no class for me right now. So there's no one for and you to so, take Chinese with. That's so sad. Yeah. So I basically had to go down a level. And after one semester of that, I talked to my chair of my department. I was like, I can't do that again. Like they were spending the whole class going, finding, figuring out the difference between ta and ka. And I'm like, that's I, that's too simple and so that's why I ended up taking so many classes at Morehouse because I was like they actually have a major with like 400 level classes and and then studying abroad really just kind of messed up my whole class yes you were gone schedule. for a whole so, year that was so <laughs> whack that, that year was late. no I was only gone for a semester no nah, oh I was gone for a year I was only my... gone for a semester <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you were gone that was, that. <laughs> that was you that was me yeah, I actually I wanted to be gone for a year. I just couldn't. I couldn't finesse a program uh, that would take me away for a year. Uh, that didn't happen. But yeah, I was only gone for one semester, three and a half months. So I and I guess we're we're kind of closing. You know, we're kind of getting to the end of our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Angelique, what what is what's your last black thought of the day? My last black thought of the day is HBCUs are lit. Whether it's chilling in the calf for fried chicken Fridays or meeting up with friends at Market Fridays. HBCU life is great. Not without troubles, not without struggles, not without adversity. But if you are a Black high schooler out there, consider attending an HBCU because you can always go to a PWI for graduate school or for something like summer classes for extra credits. But you only get one chance in your life to get that unique HBCU experience. Mm. So, Caleb... What is your last black thought of the day? My last black thought of the day is be supportive of HBCUs. Um, defend them with all your hearts. And if you've ever been to one, hold them accountable and make sure that the people that go there have an experience better than the one you had. A lot of our HBCUs are, you know, they, some of them come under fire sometimes and some of them are in trouble to, to the point they might be closing their doors. So they need the spe- a special amount of attention from the black community because they really are the safe havens for tomorrow's black leaders and for progressive black intellectual thought. Um, yeah, that's it. It's my last black thought of the day. With- Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Or talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.